didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, going back over through every single episode of the entire Stranger Things series that is currently available. And we finished up season one last week with final episode the series finale and this week we're doing something a little bit different we're going to do a review colin's got a little mini super mini recap of each episode and then we're going to talk about some of our favorite stranger things so i'm going to let colin take it away so yeah i thought we could go through and we could kind of pick our favorite episode and talk about how you know they're ranked and and some critics reviews and that kind of thing but just to refresh everybody's memory because there were eight episodes and they all kind of blend together obviously as one you know one long movie really so chapter one is the vanishing of will Byers. that the kids play dungeons and dragons will vanishes l ends up at benny's benny gets killed and the kids find l so that's chapter one so keep that in your mind chapter two is the weirdo on maple street that's when the boys are trying to figure out what to do with l jonathan goes and visits lonnie l is home uh, from school in mike's house and she sees will in the science fair picture and then nancy and barb go to the pool party at steve's and barb disappears so that's episode two Chapter three is Holly Jolly. That's the one that starts with Barb getting sucked into the pool with the Demogorgon. Will starts talking through the lights in Joyce's house. Elle has her Coke can and cat flashbacks. Steve breaks Jonathan's camera at the school. Joyce draws the alphabet on the wall. And then it ends with Will's body uh, being found at the quarry. Chapter four is the body. And that's when Joyce goes to the morgue to identify Will's body. L channels Will through the walkie-talkie. Uh, walkie-talkie. They have the school assembly, mm-hmm. uh, and then Nancy sees the John, uh, the monster in Jonathan's photo that he took, and then it ends with uh, Hopper cutting open Will's body and then him breaking back into the lab. Chapter five is the flea and the acrobat. Hopper breaks into the lab. Will has his funeral. The kids talk to Mr. Clark about the alternate dimensions. Hopper finds the bug in his house. The kids walk along the train tracks. Elle has her Russian spy flashback and then Force pushes Lucas and disappears. And then it ends with Nancy going through the tree into the upside down. Chapter six is the monster. Jonathan pulls Nancy back through the tree and ends up spending the night. Joyce and Hopper go see Terry Ives. Nancy and Jonathan go supply shopping. And then Steve and Jonathan get in their fight. Mike and Dustin confront Troy and James at the quarry, but Elle comes in and saves the day. Chapter seven is the bathtub. The kids try to escape the agents on their bikes. They have the van flip. Uh, and then everybody meets at Joyce's house to um, plan the sensory deprivation tank. Then they go to the school. They make the tank. Elle sees Barb in the tank and then Will. And then Hopper and Joyce go back to the lab and the Demogorgon breaks into Castle Byers. And then last week we talked about the finale, which is the Upside Down, which is when Hopper and Joyce wander through the Upside Down. Hopper has a Sarah flashbacks. Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, um, they set the trap and and burn the Demogorgon. The kids are tracked down at the school by Brenner. Elle explodes all their brains and then blows up herself and the monster. And then Hopper and Joyce find Will and bring him back to life. And then it fast forwards to Christmas when Will coughs up a slug. So those are the eight chapters of season one. Do you have a do you have a favorite? I I do. I but I, it's kind of cheating because I want to do a tie. 
Because <laughs> I have said since we started this podcast, well, since I first watched the series, I love episode three, Holly Jolly. It's the episode Barb gets eaten. Rest in peace, sweet Barb. Right. But and it's the Christmas lights episode. That's for the first time with the yeah. When she writes the letters on the wall, mm-hmm. Joyce writes the letters. And you get yeah. the run. Yeah. The are you in? Yeah. And I remember I was hooked from the show from the beginning, but I remember watching that episode and thinking, I can't finish these fast enough. Like I have to know what's gonna happen here with these people. But so that's like my first one, I would say. But it's after watching it so many times, it's a tie with the series or the season finale because it just so much stuff happens. That's when I, Steve Harrington carves his way into my heart forever in that episode when he helps Jonathan and Nancy. That's when Hopper, you know, he just does such a great performance, Jim Harbor, where he's trying to get Will back and you see the flashbacks and you see like he's been, you know, tough guy, Chief Hopper through the whole thing. And then this is where we finally see him sort of break down a little bit and talk about his daughter. And that's when you see, you know, Elle fight off the Demogorgon. And I remember crying in that last episode. And I am not a crier when it comes to TV. I do not like anything sad. I don't like feelings, emotions, all of that just makes me very uncomfortable. But that episode, I remember watching it and just, and it still makes me tear up when she looks back and when Eleven looks back and says goodbye to Mike and all of that. So those are my two. It's my tie. It's kind of cheating. Sorry. I really liked when they started coming together, you know, because everybody was kind of off in their own. Mm-hmm. You know, Joyce was on her island and the kids were on their island and Jonathan and Nancy were on their island and you know, so once they started coming together, that's when I really started getting into it. And that was chapter seven when they, you know, when they all sat around oh, the table and, and decided yeah. to make the tank. So I think chapter eight is probably the best episode. I think it's the best constructed episode cinemat- cinematographically <laughs> and the sound design is really cool. So as a, as a, you know, as a film nerd you know I really like chapter eight but mm-hmm. just for story and stuff I, I I think I really liked chapter seven uh which is the bathtub uh that's yeah you know, it's got the van flip in yeah. it which is such an iconic thing I went through IMDB actually and they ranked the episode well the users of IMDB ranked the episodes uh chapter eight was number one it had a 9.3 rating chapter seven uh, was second with a 9.1 rating. Then chapter four, which is the one where Hopper cuts open Will's body at the end. Um, oh, and, that and then is a the, good one. And the school assembly and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was ranked third. And then they had a tie um, between chapter three, which is Holly Jolly, and chapter six, uh, the monster, which is Terry Ives and the Nancy and Jonathan shopping and the fight with Steve. Uh, I don't really and, like that episode that and much. And then and then the quarry bit with, you know, yeah. she's our friend and she's crazy. That part I like, but I I really and I don't know if this is yeah. bad. I'm really not interested in Terry Ives. No, I'm not either. I if I and that's a stretch for me to say cuz I like, you know, we've talked about this. I like every 
part of this show, but if there's ever a part that I had to say, yeah, and it's and I think for me it's because it's it's kind of outside Hawkins. It's yes. it's not it's not our main characters. It's not mm-hmm. the kids. It's in a it's a weird outside storyline. So uh, next was the flea and the acrobat, uh, which is the the funeral, and you know Mr. Clark talking about the the flea and the acrobat, obviously. Uh, second to last was the pilot um with an 8.6 rating and then the last uh coming in last according to imdb users was chapter two uh which is kind of a nothing episode i mean it's kind of that's the party with steve and yeah and it, it ends with it ends with barb you yeah know, dying but you're but right it's, it's kind of a transition between one and three because you know one is your pilot episode and then three is when we see barb die but so yeah i thought that was interesting but it's yeah funny you know i've been writing about stranger things lately anyway so i've had to look into eight bazillion fan theories and there was one that caught my eye and it cracked me up because it was about mr clark and someone out there thinks that mr clark has some serious ulterior motive and he's really <laughs> a bad guy <laughs> And I was like, what? Yeah, he's working for Brenner. And he's yeah, like, like they, they, thought, they thought he had some connection to the Upside Down or something. Huh, that's kind it, of funny. Was, oh, man, you can find theories for everything. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, just spend 10 minutes on Reddit and you'll go, you'll go crazy, yeah. One of the things we talked about previously was why the Demogorgon chose Will. Right. And because he wasn't bleeding and everybody else, it seemed like, except for 11 and i guess some people could chalk it up to the nosebleeds you know attracting the demogorgon but several people think that maybe will and 11 are similar and maybe will has a has a touch of the shining as stephen king would say yeah i mean i was i was i was doing some thinking on this too and and my thought i mean my thought all along has been he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and so then I kind of kept thinking about it and he really was because mm-hmm. he was right where, you know, as far as we know, this is the first time the Demogorgon has come out. You yeah. Know, so the Demogorgon has been in this other world, you know, this, whatever, you know, if you want to call it the upside down or his mm-hmm. whatever, and the gate finally opened. So he finally gets out. I mean, he must've walked 10 feet, right. To get out of the lab. I mean, he just basically went through the gate of the lab and, Will was in sitting, Will's backyard. Will was yeah. sitting right there. So back to the ratings and stuff, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even looking at that list, I mean, if, if you look at the IMDB rankings, the, the highest rated one is 9.3 out of 10 for chapter eight. And the, even the lowest rated episode was still an 8.5. Oh, God. I mean, there are shows yeah. out there that would, that would kill to have an oh, 8.5, you know. It's a running joke between me and some friends that IMDB the ratings on IMDb are always, it's just a strict 4.5 to 5.5. It's right in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. ever see anything. Yeah. And really then I looked on, on Rotten Tomatoes and season one has a 97% critics rating and a 96% audience score. Holy cow. And then I started kind of looking back through like just some critics reviews and I found, um, Emily Nussbaum's review for The New Yorker, and she said in her review, Stranger Things is a cool summer treat. It's spooky, but not scary, escapist, but not empty. It's a genre throwback to simpler times with heroes, villains, and monsters, yet 
It's also haunting and has a rare respect for both adult grief and childhood suffering. It's an original. And then she goes on to say, the main plot is a swift moving caper with jokes and jolts. The flashbacks are about vulnerability, how people are bruised in places that no one can see. And the combination of those two tones is almost musical with, with a sincerity that feels liberating. And that's the New Yorker. I mean, and they hate yeah, they hate literally everything. everything. So, I mean, I mean, so the, it came out in July of 2016, all through the summer and into the fall. I mean, everything was Stranger Things. Oh, you know, absolutely. It was all over the place. They went it, and saw. Tar- I think Target picked it up and there was merch everywhere. I mean, Obama invited them to the White House in October. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they were on, the kids were on Ellen. They were on Tonight Show. They were on the Late Late Show. There was a skit on Saturday Night Live, which is very funny. Well, I'll post a link to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when Lin-Manuel Miranda hosted in October of 2016, um, a little skit kind of talking about, you know, what we should look forward to. It's like a sneak peek of season two. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. It's really good. So yeah, they were, they were all over the place. And that's, and that's before we even get to all the award shows at the Emmys, just for season one, they were nominated. Stranger Things was nominated for 18 Emmys. It won five. I know mostly for sound design and stuff. Well, it? It, it won for casting um main title theme music main title design yep editing which is the episode the first episode that remember Mm -hmm. i talked about that back on our first episode yeah and then um sound editing um for chapter eight we talked about that last week uh but it was also nominated for drama series uh its first year out as a netflix show i want to say it was nominated was it nominated for um ensemble Um, for the screen actors guild yeah but back in the the emmys harbor was nominated for supporting actor millie bobby brown was nominated for supporting actress barb shannon purser was nominated for guest actress she she had 25 lines yeah she was nominated for guest actress and then chapter one had three nominations production design writing and directing chapter two had nominations for music supervision and hairstyling Chapter six, The Monster, had um, nomination for makeup. And then chapter seven for editing. That's the bathtub uh, mm-hmm. episode. And then the finale got nominated for cinematography and sound mixing. And then at the Golden Globes, it was nominated for drama series. And Winona was nominated for lead actress. And then at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, it won for best ensemble in a drama series. And this is when... David Harbour gave his crazy fiery speech. Impassioned. It was it was a great speech. <laughs> um, actually, we can. Why don't we play a clip of it? And yeah. So this that. is this is um, David Harbour accepting the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble in a Drama Series, uh, and it was on uh, TNT uh, in 2017. As we act in the continuing narrative of Stranger Things, we 1983 Midwesters will repel bullies. We will shelter freaks and outcasts, those who have no homes. We will get past the lies. We will hunt monsters. And when we are at a loss amidst the hypocrisy and the casual violence of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the meat and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul, with heart, and with joy. We thank you for this responsibility. Thank you. 
so I mean, this is I mean, this is like first, you know, right out of the gate, you know, this little tidy Netflix show is getting this kind of reaction. I mean, this, and this was the first. I think this was the first original Netflix series. I think this is the first thing they came out with. And th- it was just a juggernaut. I mean, it was everywhere. Well, I was there's... I was reading in uh, in the upside the world's turned upside down book that Shannon Purser was freaking out because after Barb died, John Stamos tweeted justice for Barb. <laughs> and so she's like losing her mind. Yeah. And she literally had Uncle Jesse just tweeted about me. I mean, she it's just 25 lines. That is it. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, there's just something I love about everything in this world. It seems like everybody's bad at each other. Nobody gets along. But it always reminds me of like the tweet that there was one time that said, remember that summer in 2012 when Pokemon Go came out and everyone was just out looking for Pokemon, living their best lives. Like everyone was real happy. And it's like, I wish I could go back to that. I wish I could go back to the time when everyone was so, so excited about Stranger Things. And not to say that they're not now, but there was just something sort of magical about being and especially because it did it on its own. It didn't yeah. require all these gimmicky marketing ploys or no. anything like that. And it just blew up. Cause I don't, I don't think even, I actually went back and I watched the original trailer, like the original, original, Hey, mm-hmm. everybody, here's a new show coming on Netflix. It's called stranger things. Just check this out. See what you think. And it's a great trailer. It really is. But I mean, Netflix could only do so much. This was, five years ago right and, you know I, I know they had faith in it because they bought it and you know they wanted to air it but I don't th- I don't think they thought this was going to be this crazy you know zeitgeisty kind of thing I can remember seeing just and I think I've, I've talked about this m- multiple times it was literally just in an article on maybe bustle or something like that that was listing new shows you should check out they were getting ready to premiere. And I remember reading about it. It was just a little blurb and it just had the picture. It didn't even have the, the logo, like the opening title sequence, right. like showing it. It just had a picture of, I remember it had a picture of Winona Ryder. And I think she was sitting in front of the Christmas lights and I bookmarked it so I could come back and remember and to go look it up and see what the name of it was closer to the time it was going to premiere. Cause I think this article was probably, I don't know, beginning of July. So it was like two weeks out. Mm-hmm. you know and oh. well i just remember it just didn't have a lot of buzz yet no and i'm and i'm trying to i think i knew about it and i think i was interested in it but i don't think i sat down and watched it right off you I didn't you watched it first right you didn't like it at first well, yeah no but i don't think i even tried it right out of the gate i think you i didn't. waited i think i waited and i think you were like re-watching or maybe you were just starting game of thrones that could be, I was and watching Game was, of Thrones. I was watching Game yeah. of Thrones, certainly, yeah. So maybe you were, you like to watch one show at a time typically. Right. So I think That's you were true. probably like, nah. And I was yeah. like, no, you should. Yeah. And, then you and I watched it and I'm like, yeah, not really my thing. And you're like, yes. And I wanted this. to throw my computer. I remember I being on yeah. Gchat with you being like, yeah. yeah, I don't really think I like it. And I was what? <laughs> what do you mean? Is that what I sounded like back then? Yes, in my head, because it was Gchat. <laughs> I don't really think I like it. I know. I mean, you didn't think of 
Netflix or any of the streaming platforms as something that could produce a TV show like this. TV shows, I feel like, weren't really that big yet. Like, there were your shows that people watched and were fans of NCIS and, but I don't, and maybe I'm just out of the loop, but I don't remember these long, like epics where you could, you know, you could pay attention to the whole thing. I mean, lost, I guess maybe. Yeah. But that's 2004 to 2010. Right. But I mean, that's yeah. And, and the whole idea of binge watching something wasn't a thing yet. People didn't binge stuff yet. No. I feel like Stranger Things gave birth to binge watching. Okay, so well, let's let's just check. So Netflix original programming. If we look, okay, so Stranger Things was the first original programming drama on Netflix. Premiered July 15th, 2016. It came right before The Crown came out in November. The following summer, Ozark started and then Lost in Space a year later and then Narcos Mexico and then Umbrella Academy was 2019. So comedy-wise, their first series was Grace and Frankie, which was May of 2015 and then Master of None. And that's it. So Grace and Frankie, Master of None, and then Stranger Things. Okay, but think about it. You don't really binge watch. Like there's no really neat. No, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was was really their first big show. So they kind of, you know- I'm crediting them with binge watching in general, overall. Yeah, because they put them all out at once. Hulu does it a week at a time. Mm-hmm. I watched The White Lotus on HBO. That was an mm-hmm. episode at a time, you know, so. Yeah. I, I remember specifically thinking, holy crap, we can watch all of these episodes now? Like, I'm not yeah. leaving my couch today. Oh, yeah. And I remember when season three came out, you and Evie got up at we, what, three in the morning or something. Because we're on the East Coast. And they dro- Netflix drops everything at midnight, so it's 3 a.m. here, and we set alarms to get up yeah, and watch it. And I'm pretty sure I let her miss school when season two premieres <laughs> so we could stay home and watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, I blew through it all in a weekend. Yeah, it was, yeah. That is literally the first show I ever remember been watching. Mike and I did not leave the couch that day. Yeah. It was a rainy, it was a rainy day whenever we saw it, and we were like, okay. Yeah, I think it was one. Of, yeah, I think it was probably the first one. It was probably the first one we could binge watch. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're. I think you're right. So, all right. So I got. I got some jokes. You want some Stranger Things jokes? I do. I'm okay. excited for this. Okay. What does Joyce do on a Saturday night? <laughs> I, I don't know. What does she do? I'm laughing already. Netflix and will. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love that. I got real tickled. Okay. That is great. That's fantastic. What is the Demogorgon's favorite summer activity? I don't know. Barb a Q. Oh, (laughs) rest in peace, Barb (laughs) Holland. Okay. Last one. What's Eleven's favorite Disney song? I don't know. Let it go. Let it go. Let let it go. Yeah. He's here all weeks, folks. Those are great, weren't it? Um, Do wait, I have something for you. Yes. Are you ready for your final exam? You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Sure. Oh God. My whole Did you prepare? My my whole grade is relying on (laughs) it is. If you don't pass, you're kicked off the podcast. Uh oh. (laughs) Just kidding. You do all the editing. (laughs) I can't lose you. 
Okay. Uh, I'm actually just going to do the first four. I'm going to do one question from the first four episodes because we didn't start our homework bit until a little bit about halfway through. So, right. Yeah. All right. And again, as I say every week, this is from Notes from the Upside Down, an unofficial guide to Stranger Things by Guy Adams. Number one, Dustin wants to know whether Australians eat what? Kangaroo. Kangaroo. Correct. Good call. Good, good call. Good day, Australia. Do you, is it true you guys eat kangaroo? Kangaroo for breakfast. Okay. This is from episode two. And it is, this one's really hard. Oh, great. What year did the last person go missing in Hawkins, Indiana? Oh. Oh, he said two things. He said. He said missing. And suicide. The last suicide. Yep. This is missing. Missing. Was missing the earlier one? Yes. It was like 1930 something, wasn't it? Wasn't it like 1930 something? And suicide was like 1960 something? Like 29? Somewhere in the 20s? Good call. Good, good call. It was 1923. 23. And when was the suicide? Like 60? I think suicide was 61. I didn't write that one. I'm pretty sure it was 61. Yeah, that was good. That's impressive. Yeah, I would yeah. never, ever, I did not even know that when I was pulling out these questions. Yeah, he, he he was talking about that with Sandra out on the deck. Yeah. Yeah. The one and only time we saw her. That's right. Okay, question number three. Okay. Nancy has a poster of which Hollywood star in her bedroom? Tom Cruise. Good call. Good, good call. Correct. But she also Correct. has the Blondie Auto American yep. poster too. Yeah. Right. This one's for all the marbles. Okay. What's the name of the man who travels into the upside down via the winch? Oh, Shepard. Good call. Good, good call. Or Chet, as I like to call him. <laughs> like, uh, Chet. Oh, from yeah, Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yeah. yeah. Well, sir, you passed. Oh, Yahoo. And it Yay. raised your grade up to probably a low A. Okay, I'll take it. You're, you're all right. Yeah. You made it. Yeah. Uh, so two little bits of trivia that I didn't realize, but it was there on the fandom page. When they were auditioning or casting the show, they auditioned 906 boys and 307 girls. For 11? Well, no, for the for the cast, for the kids. Oh. Will, Will, Mike, Dustin, Lucas. I don't know if that includes Nancy Jonathan, but I think it's I think yeah. it's the younger kids. I think it's Mike Dustin, Will Lucas, and then L. Well, then the girl that was all just for eleven, all those girls. Three hundred and three hundred and seven girls. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. I was writing about eleven and how they picked her today. And talking about the glitter incident, you know, when she showed up. Oh, right. Up yeah. When she showed up, showed up on, on set, set with the glitter. And I think it was Ross Stuffer. He's it was in, in an interview with NPR back in 2016. He had said that, you know, he could not get over how well Millie Bobby Brown had honed her craft because, you know, she was working with David Harbour and Winona Ryder who had been doing this for years and years and years. And they know to adjust to the lens, depending on where the camera is. And, you know, they play to the right. camera and they were saying, you know, most kids just say the same line over and over again, the exact same way without any awareness of where the camera is but Mm -hmm. she was the first kid that they had seen who absolutely knew how to do that and she really 
you know, she barely had any lines at all in season one. So she was mostly working with her facial features. Right. Yeah. And they were just so impressed because they said they'd never had a kid come up and say, can we reshoot that? I don't like the way I did it. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw that um, she and her parents were worried about having to shave her hair. There was a video of it. I remember that when it came out. And that the Duffer brothers showed her a picture of Charlize Theron as Furiosa in Mad Mm -hmm. Men Fury Road because she had a, you know, not a buzz cut, but, you know, kind of pretty much a shaved head. Yeah. And they're like, this woman kicks ass. Do you think you you can kick ass too? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what convinced her. So she went ahead and. I swear there was a video of it on YouTube or something as she did it. I think her mom was super upset and was like crying when she had to do it. <laughs> That's funny. So we usually have a music segment where we talk about the music of the episode, but I do want to talk about Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein, who were the composers of the score uh, for Stranger Things. And it's, you know, they obviously do, you know, most of the background music other than the Tangerine Dream tracks that <laughs> somehow make it in in most episodes. Um, but obviously the, you know, the opening credits and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and they're in a band called Survive and they contributed uh, two songs to uh, the soundtrack for the 2014 movie, The Guest. And that's where the Duffer Brothers tripped on them. They were watching the movie and liked the music. So they got in touch with Dixon and Stein and said, hey, do you feel like giving up your day job and coming to work for us? And they said, Sure. Although they're they're still in Survive and Survive is still a band. They just put out a song a couple months ago. But they, in the summer, spring and summer of 2015, started sitting down and writing and turned in 13 and a half hours worth of music to the Duffer Brothers in the summer of 2015, um, which is, you know, shortly before oh, they started, crap. you know, filming and everything. Um, so oh, huge yeah. kudos to, to Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein because they you know, kind of captured, you know, the, the 80s synth, you know, that, I mean, it's just as, as it's as critical to the series as the costumes and the actors and the, you know, it's just, it's just amazing music. So I did want to, you know, kind of give them a little shout out because we haven't really talked about them at all um, during our podcast. So. Well, everyone needs to give them a quick round of applause. Yay. Yay. And how about a, a quick, um, in the world is so obviously no new locations because we're talking about this but i did want to um give a shout out to one of our listeners daniel um who dm'd me a couple episodes ago and was talking about how um a lot of the locations um that are in georgia are also in tennessee and there's a lot of uh, we, we talked about the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is in Roan County, which is, you know, the county that Hawkins mm-hmm. is supposedly in. But there is a Hawkins County in Tennessee. There is a Cartersville in Tennessee. Um, so it's just something to kind of keep track of, um, you know, going forward. But a lot of the locations, there's also, I mean, the Etowah River runs through Georgia, um, but there's also an Etowah in Tennessee. So, you know, it's kind of a mix of both. It could be, you know. However, they, you know, find their place names, but we did, I did want to give a little shout out to Daniel for, for writing us in with that. So have they ever said why they chose to do it in Indiana? 
The Duffer Brothers are from North Carolina and all the locations. Yeah, well, the they were going to do, yeah, they were they were going to obviously do it at Montauk. They were yeah. going to do it on Long Island, um, but they kind of ditched that and kind of ditched the beach, beach idea and wanted to do, I mean, honestly, they wanted to do Middle America. I mean, they wanted to just okay. do. Yeah. So they picked literally Middle America, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and went with Indiana because there is, you know, there is the big city component, you know, Lonnie mm-hmm. lives in Indianapolis. So there is a city there. But they just wanted kind of run of the mill everywhere America kind of suburbia kind of thing. Mm. Um, and they film in Georgia, obviously, because of the tax credits. That's why everything films in Georgia, right? Um, but yeah, they just wanted to, to set in Indiana for that. So mm, that's cool. Anything else, or do you want to just do our season-ending superlatives? I think it's I think it's time we said goodbye to season one. Ooh. Okay, so superlatives for the season. This is kind of tricky because I didn't know if I should pick something that I picked in one of the chapters already. And I think I actually, I think two of them are ones that I already picked and two of them are totally new. So for best line, we'll start with that one. I went with, and it's one that you mentioned, you mentioned mm-hmm. before, but you didn't pick it. And it's the whole bit with Dustin at the quarry, you know. Yeah, that's right. You better run. She's our friend and she's crazy. You come back here and she'll kill you. You hear me? And I love that. I mean, I, I, we all know how much I love Dustin anyway, but that I think to me just kind of summarizes, you know, the whole season in a way, because, you know, it's, it, it took a while, but the kids finally come around and they kindly, you know, finally accept that, you know, Elle has these powers and you know, she's one of them now. And again, I remember, I remember talking in our recap, how, why couldn't Lucas have been there to yes. get there, sort of see this? Um, but eventually, you know, he comes around too. So but I just thought it's just such an iconic line. I didn't pick it when we talked about that episode, but um, I think, I think it's uh, probably my best line for the whole season. Uh, I'm actually going with one that I had already chosen before, I believe. And it is Hopper's line in the first episode where he's eating his donut drinking his cup of coffee and his secretary is just bugging the crap out of him because you know there's a missing kid he needs to attend to right and he says mornings are, co- are for coffee and contemplation well Flo, Flo, we've discussed this mornings are for coffee and contemplation Chief, she's coffee in your- and contemplation flow and i feel that in my bones and he's just, he's just so great. And that's, that's when we were just learning who Hopper was and, you know, who is this disheveled drunk of a police chief and, you know, how mm-hmm. much should we trust him and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a great line. Yeah. Uh, most spirited. Uh, God, there was so much to choose from, um, you know, from Rubik's cubes, you know, on down, but this is one that I actually did pick in the episode. Um, and it's just the costumes throughout, but especially in the assembly. Um, that the kids have I pointed How it out I mean, brown they were <laughs> it's just it's just so I mean I just watched it again the other day and I just freeze framed it and I'm just like just the whole 80s-ness of the whole show I think is great from the music and and the costumes and you know because they don't really overdo it you know they're not that you know, was actually something they said in one of the interviews I was reading was that they didn't want it to be about you know your most popular things from the 80s they didn't want yeah. it to be about cabbage patch kids Right. And, 
you know, yeah, I mean, the, the one scene that Mike has the Rubik's cube, it's just in his hand. It's not like yeah. Dustin comes running in the door and goes, Hey, Lucas, look at my check new... out this new toy that yeah. I got. It's a cube and you play, no, in the colors. They, you know, they said they wanted it to be more about like the wood paneling that you remember in your mom's basement. Right. You know? And I think about it because I watched the Goldbergs and that kind of started out that way. It was very eighties and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's still set in the eighties, but they've kind of like forgotten the eighties somewhere along the way. I mean, they think that like a random neon shirt, you know, is going to, yeah. you know, but I mean, they kind of lost their eighties vibe, but I, I mean, and, and this, it stays all the way through. I remember plenty of moments in season three with, you know, Karen I mean, she's uh-huh. so 80s in season three yes. it's just, when we get to it. It's just. Well, so, everyone is. That's the yeah, mall. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the mall stuff, too. So. Mm-hmm. OK, what was your what was your spirited? Uh, I, I feel like you're going to outdo me in these because mine are mostly ones that I've picked before. But uh, I'm going with the cigarette machine that was in the bar <laughs> because I cannot see, think of anything yeah, more. And again, that's something that's just in the background. Nobody paid attention to it. Nobody's like, I'm going to go get no, cigarettes out of this machine in the bar. Did, it's, was there not an age limit on buying cigarettes back then? <laughs> <laughs> or did they just assume you wouldn't no. be in a bar yeah you wouldn't be in a bar but was, i remember cigarette machines at the mall when i was little i don't remember that i mean it's not like I they do. were in mcdonald's or anything i don't know oh they were definitely in our mall i only remember them a, in bars so we had a mall that had you know like a smoke pit where all like the men would sit while the women went and chopped oh okay yeah that's where the all the old men would sit and smoke their cigarettes okay that's charming yeah so i'm sure if they ran out they were like let me just hit up the spinning machine up right. in the bathrooms <laughs> okay most stranger thing um man there's a lot to choose from in this one i know <laughs> um i went with and i didn't pick this the first time around i went with barb getting sick sucked down into the pool at the beginning of episode or chapter three uh, it's just such a it's it's a great filmed scene. It's just filmed brilliantly. Um, I love like when she finally gets sucked in and there's just nothing there and the camera just mm-hmm. lingers. It's like 10 or 15 seconds. It just stays right on that on the empty pool. But I think that was just such a such a great scene. And it really kind of epitomizes the whole series for me as the whole season for me, too. And it's just what the heck is going on kind of idea. Um, yeah, I, th- I just thought that was really well done. So that's that's my stranger, stranger, I stranger thing. Went with the first episode and the silhouette when Will pulls over. Yeah. It just, I, it's just such a gut punch moment. I, I think it's because I wasn't expecting it, and I didn't, I did not expect this show to creep me out as much as it did because I remember I didn't let Evie watch it right mm-hmm. when it first came out because I was right. thinking I think she was in fifth grade fourth or fifth grade and i was thinking eh, it's too right. scary and i don't want you sleeping in my bed yeah so but there's also there i mean there's no real warning that that's that's gonna be no yeah it's just kind of you know kids are they've just been playing dungeon the well, and it's and, just yay, and then they're driving home and yay and, it's almost know. the simplicity of it yeah it's just the silhouette and it's just backlit and it's just Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not the monster jumping out of the bushes and chewing Will's head off no. and loping off into the woods. Yeah, it's just really subtle. And... One quick scene. That's yeah. it. All right, MVP. We'll wrap this thing up. Oh man, I I couldn't not give it to Winona Ryder. I just. Oh man, I could not give it to David Harbor. 
Well, we both have our favorites, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I look at her. I mean, she's kind of the anchor of the show for me. I mean, she's, you know, as an actress, I mean, mm-hmm. she's, I mean, she was, she's the biggest name. She's the first name in the credits. You know, it's kind of her show and she was, she was the first person cast and yep. you know, all that kind of thing. And she's just so flipping good. I mean, she's great. She is. She's great. She is. Yeah. But it's just David Harbour. There's something about him that just everything he does is magic to me. Yeah, I think he's great. And I think it's I think it's both of them because they evolve so much over the course of the season. And they're you know, really from, good from when we first meet him, you know, mm-hmm. they're really great friends off screen, too. They're yeah. really close. And I think that comes through in their interactions. Yeah, I think they play off each other very well. Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah, and I, so, I, I keep trying to picture like anybody else. You know, no, you can't. You can't you know, do like, it. I mean, Juliette Lewis, or you yeah. know, pick an actress. You know, right or, you from know. the '80s. Yeah, right. So, Molly Ringwald. None of them can no. do it. I don't think. Okay, so is um, that it for? That's it for. That we'll does it. Wrap on season one. All right, that is season one. Next week we will be discussing episode one of season two titled mad max where we get to meet sadie sink's character max and billy a couple of new characters in season two if you have any questions or comments for us you can always email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com you can find us on all the socials scoopshoypod if you enjoy this podcast it will do us a huge favor if you can review us on itunes apple Podcasts. it they kind of control the, they're like the podcasting gods. So <laughs> if you review us there and we get, you know, good marks and it puts us in front of other potential listeners. So we would love it if you left us a review. Other than that, I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.